Welcome back to everyone's favorite improv and general topic conversation, the To Be Continued podcast. I'm your host, Troy, with your co-host, Mr. 300, Mr. Cannon. Uh, what's going on, guys? This is 300 here, Mr. Cannon. You know how it is. Here, Spartan talks. Don't get kicked in the pit. Cannon. Yeah. So, uh, how's it going, man? How's your past week been? Oh, past week's been, you know, a little rough. You know, I had some unfortunate family stuff going on, but at the same time, it brought a lot of family together, so that was nice, kind of reconnecting. You know, I um, got to see a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time, and that's always unfortunate under those certain circumstances, you know, the funeral and all, but it, it constantly reminds me that, man, I'm kind of a shitty family member, and I should, I should see them in other, you know, instances. Well, you know, sometimes we all get busy with our lives, and I don't think it's fair to beat ourselves up about that. Like, yes, family's important. Yes, friends are important. But, you know, living your own life is also really important. So if you can find the time, that's great. But there's no need to force yourself to do it. You're saying I can, I can make the time. I have the time. I have the time. I can make the time. I just don't feel like doing it. I'm just lazy. I mean, laziness is a thing, yes. But I think we tend to emphasize laziness in a way that is just too extreme. Uh, we're always taught that if we're not constantly doing something or we're not really putting an effort for it, it's lazy. And that's not entirely true. You know, sometimes reaching out with a simple text or simple call is all we need. And you don't think that's doing something, but that's really all that's necessary. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that's very true. And sometimes uh, you, know, you can just let them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. And that's enough for people. Yeah. So if you're feeling like you're lazy out there, just do what you can. Don't beat yourself up comparing yourself to other people. I have many times reached out to my family for six months at a time, give them a phone call, an hour or two. And then a year later uh, is when I'll reach back out again because I just disappeared for a year. It's what I can do. It's what I can handle. Uh, You know, I appreciate my parents, but we all get busy sometimes. Yeah, I'm not giving you an hour or two fucking time over a phone call. I'll send you a text. How are you doing? You reply. That's the end of that conversation. I know how you're doing now. I'm not continuing the conversation. Unless you add more, it's done. Talk to you next year. I I think this is actually really good to start off on uh, just interpersonal relationships. You know, I struggle with this. Uh, High school, I probably had like... A handful of good friends. I mean, you're one of them, obviously. I'm not going to name all of our friends. I'm just going to say, like, like A, B, and C are really, like, the people that we hung out with. Uh, uh, that's really it. Like, four or five people. We, we had a summer where we all went out and got, like, movies every midnight. But uh, you don't have to have 20 friends. You don't have to have a huge um, group, a huge clique or something. Heck, after high school, there's, like, three people I still talk to in general, and that's it. Yeah, no. Uh, having a lot of people, and just just a lot of people to juggle, and such. And if you're hanging out with one, you're not hanging out with another, and then that person's jealous. And you know how high school bullshit happens, and it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, just limit it to just a, a nice core group. Like I said, just do a nice little light party, four people all together. That's the ideal. I don't know why they they're trying to implement this three team bullshit. I I really hate that. Developers out there, stop putting, stop making it only three person. It's a four player co op game, just like life. You need four players. That's a team. That's a fun little party there. Three people. Why? 
You know, I, I appreciate the three-party system at times. I appreciate the four-party system at times. I think there's merit to both. If you're in, like, a shooting game, you can definitely take four people and you can split into two teams of two. If you're in a three-person squad, you can't split. Like, there's always going to be that one person that's really good, and then there's going to be those two people that just, like, the backup, you know, make sure that nobody flanks it, like, the reconnaissance. It, it, that's a squad, for sure. I totally agree. Three people, you got a squad. Four people, it's like, you got two teams of two, really, that are just working together. I mean, that's that can be used in that way, I guess, yeah. You can definitely say that four people, you can, you can divide it up, take different routes and such. I don't know who the fuck does that, but you could definitely do that. If I was doing, like, a Battle Royale, that's how to do it tournament style. You just have a going to four player and you just have your two teams of two. But, you know, three people, it's fine. It's whatever. I always feel like uh, I got to kick someone out and like, ooh, I'd love to play with you, but there's only three people allowed. Get out of <laughs> here. You're bad. You shouldn't have tried to play this game with us. So the moral of the story really is that if you're not good, you're not going to be in a squad. You're still going to be alive. Yeah, I'm going to hard cut you from the squad. We can't we can't permit a fourth person who isn't at least as good as the first three. You're sitting on the bench. You're not a first pick. Yeah. So people out there, if you're not on the team, build up your solo skills because that's how you're going to get more friends, more teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not necessarily friends, but at least you're going to get into more teams. Yeah, you'll. Uh, I'll definitely come to you over the other guy who's for some reason keeps hogging all the grenades. And, you know, I think it, it is really important to acknowledge that your own personal worth at times is really important. It's not about like necessarily getting into a team, but understanding like you need to develop your own skills. If you are having trouble with something, you know you can reach out and learn from other people, but you need to develop it yourself. So. If you're not being promoted at work, if you're not getting picked for the squad and uh, I don't know League of Legends or whatever, it, you gotta you gotta take that with a grain of salt. Say okay, you know what can I work on here, versus saying hey, you know those people suck. Why aren't they picking me? Yeah, just because you know you're better than that other team and that they would they would love to have you on. You're just much better than them and whatever, right? You guys, yeah, go out there on your own and show them why you're better than them. So then when you come back, and you can now nah, you're not on my team. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's what reality is. That's what it's going to be like after high school. You don't necessarily uh, get put into team groups for projects anymore. It's like you are the team leader at all times. You want to be that guy. It's like, hey, you know, you got the skills I need. I want you on my team. Or you want them saying that you have the skills at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely agree with that. Life isn't going to pair you together with the perfect teammate. You got to show your worth as much as you got to see the worth in others as you go along. And if anything, don't listen to anything that, ever, that you ever go through in high school. None of it is actually applicable to the real life. All I, of it's fake. I wouldn't say none of it. None I, of it. I would, I would say a lot of it is 99% really, of it. Yeah, I agree with, you know, probably like, 70 to 90 percent depending English? on what school I mean, can you like, speak it yes that's as good as you need to know i will say i've not used the language courses that we were taught in school like, grammar ever. is a thing i guess sort of sometimes if you took spanish and you work in restaurants you'll probably use that yeah uh, it's only like your electives hotel, maybe but you're probably not going to use your french you're probably not going to use your latin you're i'm not using latin. economy i'm not really using my geography right now 
it's very specific. It all depends on what your career is. Really determines what classes that are uh, actually be useful to you going forward. I, I will say that uh, geometry never used it. Math I've used, but like the highest level I've ever used it was like algebra for calculating finance things. Yeah, I just figured out when my dad was coming home. Thanks to math. Yeah, tell me about that. What's the formula for your dad coming home? Dude, I can't tell you the fucking formula. I can definitely put a link to the the video and down in the description below. It's definitely going to support the content creator. It's hilarious. That way you two can find out when your dad will finally come home after that 15-year milk trick. Yeah, if your dad leaves, says getting milk, he's got $3, right? Uh, you know, it, the variables will change according to what you've do, done in life. It's going to start out infinite, just to let you know. But uh, let's say you won the lottery. You know, it might be tomorrow he'll come back home. So that's uh, that's one way to get your parents back. Just achieve more. Yeah. When circles all back to you being your own team leader. Exactly, right? Like, this is full circle. Develop your skills. You'll attract people back. Yep. You too can go play catch with your dad for the first time in your life. Well, what would you say that you learned the most in high school? Like, what, what was the most valuable skill? The most valuable skill that I learned the most in high school was definitely how to adapt to being around other people in whatever situation I'm currently in to survive. You know, I, I would agree with that. Um, there's definitely probably about junior year, late sophomore years when that really started to hit because freshman and sophomore year, you're just kind of like, I don't care. Like that was that was the year that I just slept a lot in school and <laughs> just said, you know what, if anyone bothers me, like they suck, I don't care. Like I'm just here to pass school, but probably like late sophomore, early junior, I was like, you know, I, I probably actually started to develop some personal skills. Yeah, that was. Uh, I became a nice little social chameleon, right? I could kind of join in whatever varying groups, you know, those public kids over there, the theater kids over there, you know, the bandmates, right? You got the the foreign exchanges, right? I can just kind of blend into whoever and be sort of accepted wherever I am. You know, I I would actually have to say. The biggest thing for me that I learned in high school was learning how to fail because they provide so many safe opportunities to fail. My freshman and sophomore year, I was on like the robotics team, but I really didn't do a whole lot because I was on the web design part of it and mm-hmm. we just like updated a bunch of shit. But uh, my sophomore year, the team leader changed and like really like ruined the team because he didn't have like a direction for what he wanted to do. And I think that failure really like held me open my eyes and uh things that I need to improve on and like things that I wanted to pursue because that was such a low stakes failure, but it impacts you so heavily in high school versus like now, if I failed on like my business or like my relationship or something like these are high stakes failures. Yeah. And it's going to change you drastically, but at least like in high school, you can learn to fail at a lower level and improve then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now failure is, you know, just a good part of, no road to success and everything and I mean I definitely failed a lot during during high school and, and such and just either just not putting in the effort myself or just not caring, you know, we're in those early years. But, you know, especially when you like kinda of give your all in something and it's just you're just right there but you don't make it. It can really really hurt you going forward and just how you deal with that can really help shape the kind of person you're gonna be and how you deal with failure going into the future to better learn from it and to better improve upon yourself so that you don't have to taste that same sense of defeat ever again. I think this is where a lot of people struggle probably in high school because they take that failure and they think it's it's on them, you know, like I failed versus that failed, you know. There's a very different statement, I failed versus that failed because you can do a lot of things. 
and if you take it personally, you just think you are the failure. You know, you're you're the product of that thing failing, and it, you got to take it as that thing failed. How do I change around that? For instance, I I will never forget this. All nighters in my two D art class. And this was sophomore year. I, I started so many of my art class projects and then I didn't do any of them until like the night before they were all due and they're all due like at the end of the semester or whatever. So I, that was my first and last all nighter in high school, which was finishing art projects that had like 10 of them that were half drawn or half finished or whatever. And, uh, I hated that honestly. And that, that's probably one of the things that got me to really change my work ethic that and also leaving one of them on the bus. That was like my final project. I worked on it all night and I got distracted. I forgot it on the bus. I was like, well, yeah, you know, I just have to accept these failures. There's nothing really I can do about that one. Yeah, yeah. at this point, I don't know where the bus even goes when it's not picking me up or dropping me off. It just kind of vanishes forever. So that's, I did what I could on my end. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to just live with this. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a lot of art. A lot of art projects. Art, doing like Photoshop you know, in my early years, like my freshman years and freshman and sophomore year, I was, it really helped me realize I, I don't like art, doing art, not very good at it, but I always put in all my effort in it and it'd get me like a C, maybe a B or such. And I was like, well, I did everything I could in that. I put in as much work as I could and this is the result, you know. Now I know, hey, I'm not great at art. So uh, it's not something that I want to pursue. It's a good hobby. It's fun. I can do some basic Photoshop, but it wasn't a career. It was a career that I thought I wanted to go into. And then when I started doing it, I realized it just wasn't for me. I didn't really care for it too much. And that was, uh, that was a nice little high school thing going on to help me show me what I actually want to do and what I actually enjoy in life. You know, I, I really want to touch a lot more on this, especially since I just started that new anime, uh, Blue Period, on Netflix. Uh, but I'm just going to take a quick second here and tell you about our sponsor, uh, Petit Regal Bakery. Uh, Petit Regal Bakery specializes in macarons, different flavors, pineapple, red velvet, caramel, strawberry. They also do fancy things like apple pie where it's got whole chunks of apple and uh, butter. It's like coated in uh, apple strudel. It's so good. They uh, do pop-ups all the time. Make sure you check out the Instagram, the Facebook Give a shout out to Wiley Palooza Sobro off of 54th and uh, Crestview in Indiana. They did a pop-up with them in November. Please show your support. Say a comment. Say that we brought you to them. Anything's great. All right, let's get back to the art. Yeah, no. Uh, definitely speaking on, on the art subject, I actually was just down at Wiley Palooza the other day at the pop-up. It was pretty wild over there. I'm not going to lie. I had some like apple hand pies that they were making. Damn good. It was pretty damn good. I was kind of surprised, to be honest. But, yeah, just, just uh, you know, dove into that sweet tooth a little bit. You know, I had some calories to spare. But, you know, definitely check it out. And, you know, obviously wouldn't be sponsored. We ourselves didn't also enjoy the uh, the occasional sweet, the macaroon every now and then. How do, you, how do you feel about culinary art? You know, there's food... And, like, you go down and you get yourself a taco, a pizza, whatever. But then there's, like, fancy, fine dining. Like, they make those plates look amazing, right? How do you feel about calling that art versus food? Uh, for me, the, the idea of calling it culinary art is it's, it's, it's okay. Like, I understand it, it 
people can see it as art because you can see anything as art, right? But it's food to me because if it's art, I'm not trying to ruin it. I'm going to ruin that food, <laughs> right? Because I got to consume it. I'm going to ruin it. It's, if anything, it's like a fleeting moment of art. It's there briefly for your eyes in that second, and then it's on forever. to never be replicated as it was again. I, I really like the idea of culinary art. I think it's blown out of proportion sometimes because there's plenty of art and artists that like to create things that are destroyed. I can think of something the other day, I think it was like a Banksy, where he sold an art piece that had a shredder hidden in it. So after it was sold, it like shredded the painting or whatever. It actually malfunctioned. They only shredded half of it. But like it was blown up in the press and stuff. So I think there was a precedent for art being destroyed, in this case eaten, to call it art. I think it's blown up a portion when people are like, oh, I made this uh, eclair to make uh, people sad because it reminds me of my mom. And when you eat it, it's going to make you have teardrops and shit. They're like, dude, it's fucking eclair. How's that? Like, I get you're trying to convey some emotion here, but... I don't, I'm not going to feel the teardrops of your sadness in my food here. Yeah, no, you're mixing, I'm not, I'm not going to feel that way. I don't know your mom like that. I, I mean, if you are able to convey that emotion of sadness or whatever you're feeling into your food and it make me feel that you're fucking magic. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. You're fucking magic. And obviously you need to be tested. I would agree if somebody really got me like emotional over something. I like, right, like what what is in this? Did you guys like smoke something and like put that in there? Like, yeah. there's got to be drugs in here because food doesn't do this. If I bit into an apple and then I just started weeping at the <laughs> at the scenes, and I looked over and the guy was like, "I see you can you can taste my sadness when my his mother did he pick is that like a picture of his mom and it's like the recently deceased obituaries picture i'm like that's exactly how i feel like i get there's i mean for anyone who disagrees right i get there's food that was personal to you i can make some food that would make me remind me of my childhood but i don't think that's something that you can really influence somebody to eat and they feel your childhood that's what we're saying here yeah like you, yes, your fried eggs with like ketchup on it could remind you of your child. I totally get that. That's fine. But you can't just give that to somebody on the street and they're going to be like, oh my God, your childhood was so good. Yeah. He's not going to look at you and go, I, I, I understand what you've gone through because <laughs> I don't. I mean, I mean, that's, that's my only problem with culinary art. Like I, I hundred percent think it requires a lot of technique, a lot of study, a lot of effort. Um, and there's plenty of good flavor in culinary arts. I just disagree when any chef is like, I'm trying to put emotion into this. It's like, what? How? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, doesn't make sense. Just like trying to shred my artwork after I bought it, you're giving me my fucking money back. Yeah, I mean, I think the value of the art piece actually went up after that. So well, I mean, after half of it got shredded. If the whole thing was destroyed, I don't think the value of it would have gone up. That as is, much. That is true. I think it malfunctioning probably increased really the value. Out. Versus, like, the whole thing being destroyed. Yeah, the whole thing was being destroyed. I mean, you probably you know, sell the strips or the cross-cuts, cross, cross cuts depending on what kind of shredder it was. Can you imagine? He's like, all right, guys, uh, have the paint destroyed. I'm selling a, a piece of the, the shreddings. Yeah, it's like 10 grand a pop yeah. for, like, a little 
like wallet size. Someone's going to need to collect it all so they can put the painting back together. I actually think if you put it back together, it would make it worse. Like they'd be like, all right, they <laughs> fix this thing that was once destroyed. It's lost the value of that, like half destroyedness. I don't know. It'd be like restoring something really badly. It'd probably, it'd still have value. It just probably wouldn't be as good as it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the only thing I could really think of is if, like, the Mona Lisa, right? It's a super famous painting. It's famous for being the Mona Lisa, but if it ever got really wrecked, like, let's say there was a, a fire in the museum and it had, like, smoke damage to the edges of it or whatever, I feel like that would increase the value of it more than if they fixed the smoke damage and put it back. They'd be like, no, that's history. That's part of the painting now, right? Yeah, yeah. The only way I see this going up and becoming more valuable than it was when it was originally made is if it was actually painted so that after you shred it and you put it back together, it was a different painting. Yeah, I mean... That'd be I mean, that'd be crazy, God. though. That'd be so insane if he thought that far and he painted two paintings so that one would only reveal itself after it had been shredded and put back together. I mean, like... That's like national treasure right there. I know. It's like, yeah, you got you to gotta destroy the first one with, like, lemon juice, and another one comes out. Yeah. We here uh, definitely don't want to talk about national treasure. Nick Cage out there, I understand that you, you're you taking every single job right now. It doesn't matter what it is. Look. This yeah, isn't an on. offer. Hold on. Really quick. If Nick Cage is listening to this, we'd love to have you on the show. Like, yeah, I don't talk about what's with, going on. I don't agree with any of your movies. We, we, I really only know you from National Treasure, but I know you're broke as fuck. And if you want to be on a podcast, I will pay you a dollar. Like, you can come on a podcast. We'll talk about it. I, I would love to talk about your career. I'll watch one of your worst movies just to talk about it. If you come on the podcast, no, Nick Cage. I just I watched Jujitsu a couple of days ago with a bunch of my friends. What the fuck was going on in that film, man? I don't know who decided to put that cast of characters together to make that film. But don't... Oh, jeez, it was terrible. It was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Hilarious to watch with you know, the boys. But terrible as a film. That and Willy Wonderland? I haven't seen it yet because I don't want to. But I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to watch it just for you. Just just for you to come on over to the podcast and we can talk about it. Uh, you got to explain this movie to me because I haven't seen it. Good. Don't see it. Well, what's the plot? Like, why what is, plot? What? <laughs> okay. What is, what is Nick Cage doing in the film? Nick Cage is like a master of like... <laughs> It's think of um think of like Mortal Kombat, right? Uh-huh. You have the idea of like a grand tournament sort of thing. There's this grand warrior that comes from the stars every now and then to fight the chosen warrior to the death. Can can we just lose? Can we just be like, yeah, that that beggar over there. You know, it gets randomly chosen. Do you get like a mark on your hand just like the new Mortal Kombat? You so, get like a mark and it's like, "All right, now I got to go fight this grand warrior thing." And if I lose, they get to come to Earth and do whatever. So you're telling me, like, I could be working an office job, and then a mark appears, and like, well, fuck, now I gotta fight some guy? Yeah, yeah, and you're like, all right, I guess now I gotta go to this one area so I can go meet this traveler to combat to the death. This sounds like a horrible plot. This this sounds like an 80s movie that's just like, yeah, let, you know, a guy, he's gonna, he's gonna fight another guy. Like, how do we make a spin-off? They don't know. They don't know that they're gonna fight a guy. So it's just like a guy. It's it's so it's so bad. It's it's more the 
the like technology of the graphics and such and the things of that nature and the acting it's just so bad the choreograph is also just it's just nothing good about it it's like watching one of the later resident evil films they're just really bad uh, the monster hunter film at this point it's just whatever there's like yeah there's a plot this is really just so we can practice cg and people watch it well yeah nick cage is in it question is nick cage not nick cage in this movie because in every movie, he's basically just the same person. No, I, I would say that Nick Cage is definitely still himself in every film. So he's, he's definitely still himself in Jiu-Jitsu. He's still kind of that one kind of master who's there. He's like vaguely wise and just says things. <laughs> he's vaguely wise. He's like, yes, you do right to left, not left to right. Yeah. And he was like, what? <laughs> Is there just like, you don't even know why you're here. I'm like, what? Did tell me. Does he try to put on an accent? Because like in all these other movies, he he has no accent. You can tell he's trying somehow, but there's no accent coming out. And I, no, I'm not even sure, man. We're we're having such a great time just like what the fuck is going on in this film that I I don't even know. I mean, is there even jujitsu in the movie? Yeah, there's there's some martial arts and stuff going on in the movie, and so a lot of it's like, why the hell did that person attempt that, or how did you not see that guy? He's literally right in front of you. He's right in front of you in the shadows, though. So yeah. Obviously, you can't. They're see in it. the broad daylight, standing <laughs> in short grass, and a military van pops out, and like what? You miss them? They didn't even duck down. <laughs> oh it's ridiculous, man, but it's it's hilarious. I just imagine you just walking on the tree, he goes, What's up? And you're just like, ah! I was like, Oh god, where'd you come from? <laughs> it's like, dude, like you could see me from like a mile away. What are you talking about? And just looking I, I swear they slow motioned almost every single punch and kick in the entire film. They did that that thing where they don't actually hit, but they just cut the scene. It's just ah, ah, slow motion every single time. Gunfire is uh, hilarious. Oh, there's actual gun. They try yeah, to, some like, people, shoot people have yeah. Some of the military people have like guns and stuff, and they'll and obviously they can't shoot anything, and the guns just don't work. Of course, I mean, like this is a fighting film. Somehow a punch is stronger than a gun. Yeah, it's it's very hilarious. All the CGI explosions. And stuff. What's your favorite part of the film? My favorite part of the film is the dialogue in the film. <laughs> it's, it's just, it, none of it makes any sense to what's going on in the scene. All right. Well, I mean, I, I would say that's number one for most Nick Cage films is they always get that, that quotable line. Uh, I don't even know what movie this is from, but apparently like his, one of his famous ones is just, bees, bees everywhere, bees. It's like, What? Yeah, I can't remember what film it's in. There, there's so many, so many films, but no, it's it's been hilarious. Like I said, it's a very fun thing to watch with like a bunch of people just to just to have you know good time with. It's one of those bad movies. It's like if I was gonna go back and you know watch Pool Boy Two or like Giant Spiders from Space or something like that. That's just really bad, but enjoyable to watch with other people. Like watching that. Mila Jonovich like monster hunter film 
You know, I still haven't seen the new Monster Hunter. Not the live action one, right? It's live action. Yeah, it's a live action film. <laughs> yeah, because I, I watched the animated one, but uh, the live action one just looks awful. Oh, yeah. It's, it was also hilarious. It didn't make any sense. I mean, the plot's basically what, like a portal appears? And yeah, well, they don't even really know. Any they, sense. Just go they just through. go through it. They're like, it's a portal. No, let's keep on riding. Right? I was like, what? And then there's like, oh, there's giant dinosaur creature things. You're like, I guess we gotta fight them. Yeah, man. And for a Monster Hunter film, there's like two monsters. There's there's only two. There's okay, cool. they were a couple monsters and stuff, but for a Monster Hunter film, they don't really hunt monsters or anything, and it's very disappointing. And then they, uh, it's it's just dumb. Definitely go see it with a bunch of people. You know, Stream it. I, I think it'd actually be worth it. Maybe if we sat down and uh, we watched the same movie, and then we just talk about our thoughts about it. Like, yeah. how would we improve some movies? It's movie review time with uh, To Be Continued. Like I said, you want to watch Willy Wonderland with Nick Cage? We can watch it. I don't know how well you'll react to it because it's like like Five Nights at Freddy's sort of thing. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, him and an evil anima- live animatronics thing, and he's like the janitor or something. It's like an hour and a half or something, I want to say. Yeah, no, no. I don't think it'll be that bad. Even I think I think he'll have a hilarious time regardless. Even if he came on the show, I couldn't do it. Man, that's not my kind of thing. Yeah, I think it'll be funny. But, you know, this is going to be continued in our Patreon. So if you want to see the second half of this podcast, please subscribe. Yeah, the second half uh, with a whole slew of Nick Cage, Nola Genovic's just hilarious movies going on. We'll definitely talk more about it, pro- possibly. Who knows? Nick Cage's action might be behind that door right now. Could be in part two. Subscribe to find out. Until next time. TV continued.